Hello. Hey. We be hagging. You guys feeling a fabulous? Fabulous. Actor and YouTube sensation Monique Parent joins us to talk. Going gray. Woo. Being bald. Woo. Getting naked. Extra woo. Women hating women. Not woo. Bad. I am. Um, stop it. And figuring out what makes you feel fabulous. Uh, woo. But first, Riley's going to take it away with our boss ass bitch of the week. This week's boss ass bitch is Hannah Sheehy Skeffington and comes to us from our favorite he for she, Tim Sullivan. As always, if you like Tim's bios, consider a donation to Planned Parenthood. Born in County Cork in 1877, Hannah Sheehy married Francis Skeffington after being introduced to him by their mutual friend, James Joyce. They took the joint surname Sheehy Skeffington, an act that was pretty revolutionary in 1903. Francis's father disowned him as a result. Hannah and Francis both devoted their lives to advancing the causes of women's rights and Irish independence. They founded the Irish Citizen, a feminist newspaper in 1912. The paper's motto was, For men and women equally, the rights of citizenship. For men and women equally, the duties of citizenship. A founder of both the Irish Women's Workers' Union, which organized against British imperialist rule, and the Irish Women's Franchise League, the latter became the largest feminist organization in Ireland. Francis was arrested and killed by British soldiers without a trial during the Easter Uprising of 1916. Hannah refused a 10,000-pound settlement from the British government because it came with the condition that she could not speak publicly about his death. She went on the road in the U.S. for the next seven years to tell the story of her husband's murder and raise support for Irish independence. She was arrested many times throughout her life for protesting for women's suffrage and the end of the British rule in Ireland. She would live to see full women's suffrage in 1935 and Irish independence in 1937, though she was a fierce critic of what she viewed as rollbacks for women's equality in the new Irish Republic. She died in 1946. And here are some quotes. It is a barren comfort for us women to know that in ancient Ireland, women occupied a prouder, freer position than they now hold even in the most advanced modern states. Until the women of Ireland are free, the men will not achieve emancipation. To fight men's battles for them and to neglect those of women has always been regarded as true womanly, though when men fight for their rights on the broad basis of humanity, they are not accused of selfishness. Clearly, Hannah Sheehy Skeffington was a boss-ass bitch. Oh, hags! It's one of the worst things you can say to somebody right. is to call them a cunt. Yes. God forbid. God forbid. Well, really, it's just like a beautiful compliment. It, it really is. is. Thank I you love so much. I mean, I think that. the worst thing you could call someone is like, what, a dick? Yeah. Actually, or when I'm ass. really mad at someone, I'm like, you're a dick. Yeah. Because that's also sort of satisfying to call someone in anger. Yeah. Piece of shit. I like piece of shit. Oh, I like literal piece of human garbage. There you go. That's good. Well. Or, that's or good the one. thing I like to really use with men is I like to say, you are such a princess. Oh, because you know that kid that, that gets them right yeah. where it hurts. Yeah, they're like, oh no, Am and I that gives me <laughs> such satisfaction. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, welcome to Hags, Monique. We're so excited to have oh, you. I feel right at home here. Uh, Monique played my villainous mother 
in uh, a recent uh, television web show we shot. Yeah. It's a show. Yeah, it's a show. I never know what to call things anymore. I, yeah. I think show is um, good. Yes. Yeah. Like you compromise. play a fantastic villain. Thank you. Do you do that often? Do I you do. get those roles often? I good. Do. I, I also get cast as criminals frequently and it's so much fun. It really is. I, I, I like very rarely play a nice person. <laughs> like sometimes I'll play somebody nice. I'm like, oh, well, this is just weird. How do I do, do I this? To walk around with a pleasant look on my face. It's <laughs> uncomfortable. Well, you play a very, very good villain. Thank so you. It makes perfect sense. And I, I love that I, I kind of play these sort of cartoon villains. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not really real. Sure, it's like they're, a heightened character. Like, you know, I, I love doing the, the big ridiculous evil laugh. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're the very good stuff. at it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure that once they realize that you can do that, they're like, okay, well, let's write in six laugh. or let's seven more evil laughs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, fantastic work. Thank you. You uh, too. You were amazing. You did some, you had some nice kick-ass scenes. Thanks. You yeah. had some really big physical stuff they, to do. They edited that in a way that made me look very good. You look very <laughs> badass. Did you do all your stunts? I did all my stunts, but one, which is where I dove through, I, um, Melissa, my stunt double, dove through an open window that was about like, I don't know, a foot and a half by a foot and a half, like, Impo impossible yeah. I would never have even yeah. she's like I'm gonna hit the wall and every time no and she dove through it and, and the where she dove through too like beyond the window was like a half a story below where she was diving from Whoa. and she had to dive through and tackle somebody as they were running through this hallway so oh. she does she does very very cool things yeah. if you go to rocket jumps channel they also did a short called it's like a one take action thing and she's the star of that and she does incredible things that is an um, i saw that it is she's, amazing she's out of control yeah <laughs> so, she sounds rad she, yeah she's amazing so she makes yeah. me look very cool we should have her on the show too. we should actually yeah. absolutely should she's, she's right behind you right now badass. Really? she's right she's behind, behind you <laughs> um yeah so it was a very fun show to work on and i like that they had some you know evil villain female characters action yeah. female you know they they definitely uh included women i think in a nice way they really did um, and hopefully more so if we get a third season. I'm fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed for a third season. Yeah, me I too. mean, it's doing so. It would be silly if they didn't go for a Plus, third. We right? don't really know if your mom got killed or not. Well, that's right. So we've got us. There's lots of cliffhangers that yes. were left at the end of season two. Mm -hmm. so we were you in the first season also? No, no. I mean, she was. She just wasn't on screen. Yeah, you just didn't right. see me on screen. Right. right. She's introduced yeah. in the Murmurs second season, you. but she's yeah. been there for my whole life. She's Your my mom. Whole life. Yeah, of course, obviously. Mm. <laughs> um, so we, so today's word is fabulous. Do you, can you talk a little bit about why? Cause obviously I, I reached out to you and I wanted to have you on the show for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and you immediately were like, okay, fabulous. Got the word fabulous. I, um, I had been an actress for many years and as I got into my forties, the, the work started really dissipating and I took on a day job selling blenders. <laughs> and that day job sort of took over my life and I was no longer being an actor mm -hmm. and I was living in Arizona and I realized how much I hated everything about my life and I just thought I can't do this anymore moved back to LA and I wanted to make a change I was like you know you can't you can't go away and then come back and be exactly the same right you've got to be different I wanted to have different parts. I wanted to get different roles, play different things. And so I basically shaved my head Whoa. and got down to, you know, 
lift this much. Little tiny nubs. <laughs> little nubs. And let my hair just naturally come back in gray. At that time, I sort of, I don't know why, I just focused on this one word, fabulous. And it was 2015, and I moved like right around October. And so for, for my New Year's resolution for 2016, it was be fabulous. That was it. Nothing. And I didn't even really know what that meant or mm-hmm. how to do it. I just noticed, I knew that that's what I wanted to be. And then as I was making myself fabulous, I also found that I liked making other people feel fabulous uh, by doing makeup and hair videos on YouTube and, and, and bringing that to other women who, because as I was, I was experiencing having gray hair, I was experiencing how people treated me differently, mm-hmm. how they reacted to me differently. Uh, a lot of opinions, <laughs> some good, some not good. None of them asked for. <laughs> None of them asked for. Uh, they just love. like thrown at just me. Just throwing so their opinions around. tired of that. And, and so, and I was groping with it. It's like, now you've got a different color on your head. And you're like, well, what colors do I wear? How do I do my makeup? And I go to open magazines and... There's nobody there that huh. represents me. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not even one. Not even one. Wow. And and just that's like very, over very and over. True. And that's sort of how I got into creating this YouTube channel because I thought if I am looking for it and I'm not finding it, other women are looking for it oh, and not so finding many it. Women. Definitely. So let me give them one woman to look at. I will be that woman. And I'm not a makeup artist. I fail all the time. Um <laughs> uh, and I'm good with that. I like failing because I think that we have perfection shoved down our throats so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see somebody not be perfect. Yeah. It makes yeah. it way easier to relate to, I think, too, in terms of, especially in terms of the amount of makeup tutorial sort of content that's out there. I haven't seen any for women with gray hair or women who are older than like, 20 yeah yeah um, oh here's and, how you fix your wrinkles yeah and they're all they're yeah. all so you're 20. girl you got good at it or they edit it in a way where they take out all the mistakes so you're like oh i'll never i mean for a person like me where i'm like i don't know i can put on mascara that's about it like if if you if i watch a tutorial for anything else i'm like i'll never be able to do this yeah i would so much rather watch somebody be like oh and i'm trying this and i messed this up and okay here's this how is, i fix it and here's right. how you have so to let fix me it, fix yeah. it now instead of just being like look and it's 30 seconds long and i did it and i look great subscribe you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? And yeah. I love doing, I do love doing get ready with me videos where I'm actually going to something and the clock is ticking. And, you know, somebody's going to be picking me up at, in 45 minutes and I have to be ready. Yeah. Right. I can't take, like, because this yeah, is I can't a take real two hours. thing yeah. that we all experience. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through that. And it's just like how to time it, how to, you know, to be keeping an eye on the clock and go, I got three minutes left. What are my priorities? Okay, hair goes in a bun, spray, straight, done, out. Yeah, Yeah. instead of having that sort of like derail you or be like, oh, well, I I didn't accomplish the idea of perfection that I had in my brain and so I am a failure and everything. And then you go to the event and you like feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You should feel good. Yeah. You should feel fabulous. That's fabulous. That's I love. So I kind of got off. (laughs) Thank you for bringing us back in. No. But yeah, that that was that was my whole sort of thought with fabulous. That's fantastic. So so you said when you first kind of started this journey, you weren't even sure what fabulous meant to no, you. I, How I, did you go about kind of like figuring that out for yourself? I 
You know, I faked it. <laughs> yes, preach. Go it's forever. Yes. Fake it till you make it. <sighs> uh, I just kept faking it and faking it and faking it. And I'm still faking it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's real. And sometimes it's faking it. Yeah. But nobody knows the difference. <laughs> You know, that's amazing. That's the first time I've ever heard someone be like, because everyone knows that phrase, fake it till you make it. But when you say sometimes it's real and sometimes it's not, I mean, I've always imagined once you make it, you, you don't, don't gotta to fake it no yeah, more. That's but it. that's bullshit too. Yeah. <laughs> like everything fluctuates all the time. That's you know, so beautiful. I, I went to, I went to a, a friend's red carpet premiere for his film. And I thought, because I love fashion and I love I dress up was my favorite thing as a little girl growing up. And I love like putting together a look and I wanted to wear a hat. And <laughs> nobody in L.A. wears hats. I mean, like <laughs> like a hat with a veil, like a fascinator. Yeah. And that. Like nobody does it. And I was so fucking nervous because am I going to walk into the place and are people going to laugh at me? Gonna be, right. Yeah. I'd be like, Do, oh, my God, look at that woman in that hat. Who does she think she is? Totally. She thinks she's wearing a goddamn hat. Yeah. Does she or think you this see, is a royal wedding? <laughs> you see the pictures afterwards. You're like, what, is I th- what was I thinking? You know, yeah. there's like all of that fear, that anxiety in sort of like making a bold choice but, like but that. But you're just like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm seeing it through. I'm, I'm doing it. And, and it, it, it was great. And I got so many compliments. Yes. Yeah. And, which felt wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then last week, I was at a friend's wedding. And a young woman was sitting across from me. And she was wearing a hat, and she felt awkward. And the first thing I said to her was, you look great in your hat. I wore a hat a couple of weeks ago. I don't know about you, but I was nervous as fuck. <laughs> and she went, yes! Oh, my gosh. I bet that made her feel so much Be- better. Because we all feel the same way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. And we talk on this show a lot about imposter syndrome, which is yes. sort of the feeling that, you know, you that somebody's going to find you out and be like, I know that you're not you what you're pretending. This. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that sense of you, you can sort of embrace the fact like, yeah, you're going to be nervous. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You're a living, breathing human being. And you might feel like you're faking it. That's fine. Maybe you are faking it a little bit. Maybe everybody else is faking it, too. That's sort of like a part of normal life. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody does a step and repeat and doesn't feel nervous totally i mean i'm sure i mean the biggest names on the biggest red carpets are still nervous yeah there's a they lot still of cameras pointing at you yeah. they're still like you what do i do trip. with my arms yeah you could have a wardrobe malfunction like that I and then it's like you're you get all ready you get all dolled up and you think oh it's gonna be all over the press how beautiful i looked and like the next day all everyone can talk about is that your dress opened up and you exposed yourself. <laughs> oh, and that's God. all that's on the... Like, yeah, I had so. a friend who, who made a worst dressed list at Sundance a few years back. And she was like number one on the worst dress no. list. And she handled it so well. She just, because she, she's the same way. She's always like made these very bold fashion choices. And when you're going to live that way, it's almost a guarantee that at some point, you're gonna somebody's fail. gonna be like, "Ew!" and then put it on some mm. fucking list, and then have an opinion about it, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, I guess that's that was a terrible choice because so and so said that." Right. Um. And she just like, I think it was on Facebook. She just like posted it and like rolled with it, and she's like, "Hey, thanks to everybody who put this look together for me. I really like it. I can't wait to wear my next thing. Here we go." And was just like, and I, th- cool. that made me feel so good about about exactly what you're talking about, sort of that sense of anxiety about making a quote-unquote mistake or something happening or whatever, mm. because it's all like, 
even like that thing about being like, oh, you're number one on the worst dressed list at this very well publicized international event. Um, you're going to be fine. That's like just a thing and you'll be fine and life will go on and like n- no worries. And that's, that's Keep the thing to choices. remember. Um, you know, it's nobody's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're a little embarrassed. So, so what? It's probably good for you in the long run to be a little embarrassed every now and then. Or just to be sort of, I don't know. I think all of one type of praise isn't good for anybody. No. If, right? Of course, we obviously know, like, if you're constantly shit upon and people are always telling you that you're a worthless piece of shit and you look <laughs> terrible and everything about you is awful, that's not great. Um, but I think the same goes for if you're always, if people are always like, you're perfect, you look amazing, oh my God, everything you do is flawless and blah, like, that can't be healthy either. Because nope. ideally, you're not basing your self-worth on either of those things. It's yeah. coming from some other point. And of course, it's going to influence you. I mean, nobody's immune to hearing other people's thoughts and opinions um but ideally you have some sort of self-worth that exists independent of just the general public yes. yeah yes oh god i hope so because the public is so mean they can be so mean. so mean so mean <laughs> just terrible um so i would like to know kind of how your um, experience, especially with, like you said, people giving you a lot of opinions about going gray or about cutting your hair um, or about coming back to your career in L.A., um, how you sort of navigated those waters. And since we've just been talking a little bit about, you know, criticism versus praise and how it affects your self-worth and all of that. Oh, boy. Where to start? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wherever you like. (laughs) Well, it took me... 10 years of thinking about going gray to actually go gray. Mm-hmm. It took a long time because society is always, you know, oh, you, you shouldn't go gray. You're going to look old. And God I, forbid. When I came back to L.A., my career prior to L.A., I did a lot of, I worked for Playboy. I did a lot of naked stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was always very sexy and, and that. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 50. I don't want to do that now. Uh, is, that's fine. But I... Can't I be something else? Can't I be something more than that? And so that's why I went gray, because I just wanted to completely, I wanted people to see me in a different way. Gotcha. Um, it, but it, it was 10 years of looking at every time my hair would come in, you know, that before I dye it, I'd pull my, cover it all, all the hair with my hands and look in the mirror and go, yeah, maybe. And then I'd chicken out and I'd color it again. Yeah. So I, I knew that the only way for me to do it was to just just do it. Start yeah. fresh. Just start fresh. Was that a, was that like scary? Was that it, cathartic? Was it, it was it was scary? It was cathartic. It was freeing. Um, I have had very short hair before. Uh, when I did it, I it was already short. I cut it. I shaved it on the nape. Everyone's got this haircut now, but this three years ago nobody had it. Where I had, you know little bit up on top and then shaved back here mm, but, yeah. yeah um i bleached it all out white so it was a very edgy look mm-hmm. it wasn't an old look mm-hmm. it was right. extreme um so then when i i put manic panic on it to make it silver i love mm-hmm. manic panic love it brings me right back to middle school <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that that made it silver and then i just let it grow in from there um because it was such an edgy look, I didn't feel old. I didn't feel frumpy. I think that 
a lot of women, when they do make the choice to go gray, mm -hmm. they choose to grow it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've got that, that Awkward. one inch becomes two inch, becomes three inches. It just takes a long time. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it is a big commitment to looking unattractive because that half and half look may be striking on the occasional person, but not for most people. It's hard. Right. It's, it's not a good look for most people. And just to emotionally to look in the mirror every day and to just see somebody who looks tired and, mm -hmm. you know, drab has got to be really, really emotionally diff difficult. I didn't have to go through that because it was so, so extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, and I forgot where I was going with all of that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even have to remember, girl. It was fascinating. That's a, I've always wanted to cut off all of my hair. That's freaking sweet. It's, it's fun. You feel, you feel naked. Yeah. Because as women, we use our hair so much as an accessory. We, you know, our bangs pull down. We push yeah. them back. We're coy, we cover we our play, large we, ear with it. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we do all of that stuff. Totally. Um, to have this extreme shortcut, it's like, it's just my face. Yeah. Right here. My face is carrying the whole works. From anything. Which is yeah, so, so cool because I love hiding. <laughs> Like, honestly, I do. I do. I just, I, my hair was long, like almost as long as Riley's and yeah, I just cut just it off last week. Yeah. Um, and Nicole's hair is now like chin length yes. for those of you who can't see her. And it looks fabulous. It does. It's absolutely it's filthy. Just for the record. Can't tell. Um, just have to get it off my chest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the biggest adjustment for me this week has been like, oh, my neck is cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like wearing a scarf. I, wearing a scarf. I went through that yeah. when it was really, I was like, Ooh, yeah, I, I suddenly started wearing, you know, hats and yes. scarves. Like you forget like, oh, there's a blanket on your back yeah. all the time. Riley, you've had short hair. Like your yeah. neck is when cold. My, when my, when I cut my hair to like my chin, it was previously almost to my waist. It was like, Dang. it was like between boobs and waist length. Noise. Um, and, and I remember going to the, to the salon and, uh, <laughs> And I think I had told a few people, because at the time I had a manager who was like, what if you cut all your hair off? And I was like, cool, let's what do it. What if I do? Um, and I had a few people be like, oh my God, are you, like, are you call me if you need me. Are you me? okay? Are you going to be okay? And I totally respect people that have a lot of emotional attachment to their hair. I have never been one of those people. Yeah. I'm like, it's hair. It grows out of your head. Yeah. Literally, all you have to do is wait and it'll be back. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, no, yeah, it's great. And I remember when he, when he like chopped it, um, for the first time it oh it, first of all I was like there I am it was like that moment in hook when he's like there you are Peter yeah like I was like that looks more like me so I could see what my manager was talking about the, mm -hmm. at the time about being like you should have short hair um, but it, yeah it, it did it felt so, super freeing and you saved so much money on shampoo oh I keep using too much it's the worst did oh, you yeah. use too much oh, when yeah. you first cut it all off yeah and you're like oh I don't oh, need no, this there's handful. so much goop in my hand. Yeah. And I I had this, I would play with it on the back of my neck. I've been doing I, that. Oh, it's like I love petting the back of my neck and just like feeling that hair. Just I've <laughs> been making Alex do it a lot too. I'm like, babe, play with my weird neck hairs. Oh, like a lot. <laughs> I, is I totally identify also with what you were saying about when you want to sort of make a change in your life mm -hmm. or when you want to start something new in your life about ha about changing a lot all at once yeah. to sort of really make yourself feel different and make other people see you in a different way um i i mean in college whenever i would be <laughs> my my best friend in college adam who i love d deeply and forever 
would always whenever I like cut my hair or dyed it or something, he'd be like, "What's going on?" Oh yeah, because it was usually that I, you know, either I was like in love with somebody and like they didn't like me back and I had to like get over it and I like really wanted to just like change my mentality and like do so I was like all right we're cutting all my hair off and we're dyeing it and we're like doing something and like I don't know I I often feel like that is portrayed in a negative way of women changing their appearance like it's like the breakup haircut I yeah. often yes. I love asking hairdressers yes. about what about their experience with other people that come in and oftentimes they talk about breakup hair you know people will come they'll be going through a breakup they'll come in they want to make a huge change yeah. and even the hairdressers are like and I always advise them against it I'm always like are you sure you want to do that but like fuck you like why not make a huge change yeah. it's your life yeah, yeah. and like, it's your head and you can yeah. do whatever you want and it grows yeah. back yeah. yeah the hairdresser did ask me when I was like girl we cutting it off she was like is every like big change in your life? Is everything okay? And I was like, oh yeah, I just want yeah, it no, to go I, away. I need a haircut. Yeah, I just want that's, it to go away. That's the big change. Yeah, it's getting stuck in my armpit and I don't like it. <laughs> I, well, I had a friend many, many, many years ago who had this mane of glorious red hair. Yeah. Just beautiful and curly and down to here. And she cut it off to here. And everyone was like, why? And she, I was tired of being about my hair. Yeah. Yeah. All that anyone ever talked mm-hmm. about was my hair. And I wanted to be something else. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel that strongly because a lot of actually a lot of men at our joint workplace have been like, why did you do that? Uh, I'm like, Oh, because I don't have to explain myself to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, because go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, absolutely. When I was going, you know, growing it out, the gray, I would get messages on Facebook from guys I went to high school with. No. That I, I didn't even talk to in high school. Now they're approaching me on Facebook saying, you need to color your hair again. Oh my God. Who's fucking, what, like in what world is that their business? Yeah. They can fuck right off. Yeah. Like, thank you for your opinion, but no. That's the kindest response. <laughs> you're very, you're a very kind woman because I would have set them ablaze. I, I don't even know the them. men at our joint workplace. And I'm like, I don't have to talk to you about this. I'm that's, not nice about it. And so that's the flip side for me now also is that like I still kind of feel that desire to sometimes like make a big change or whatever. But I also don't want to have to explain it to everybody. Yeah. I like I hate going through that process of people being like, oh, my God. Like, I just kind of want to like exist as an maybe that's the actor in me that just wants mm. to exist as a new human and just like carry on. Yeah. But don't you course, keep hoping that you get a job where they want you to make up a radical change? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's all I, I want. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. I just want somebody else to make that decision for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Whether it's like, oh, you're going to learn jujitsu or you're going to move to a new city or you're like, oh, oh, that's the dream is yeah. to like have somebody be like, no, you have to. It's for work. You have like, 18 okay, months okay, to learn all the darn. Mandarin you can. Exactly. Boom. And you're like, absolutely. Okay. I guess yeah. I have to do it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess that sort of speaks to the idea that we're a little bit waiting or like needing permission for some of those things. Yeah. But I think it's also, it's also about, at least for me, about wanting to, if I'm going to like learn something like that, like if they're like, oh, for this, you need to become an expert figure skater, which I can't do, but could <laughs> would gladly learn. You'd be great. Um, thank you. Uh, like something like that, like I'm probably not going to go invest in lessons on my own, but if it's for something, mm-hmm. I will dive in. I'll yes. be at the rink for 12 hours every single day. Yeah. Yeah. When you get the part that you are playing a professional figure skater, 
or an Olympic, you know, figure skater. And yeah, you're going to have somebody double you for the, for the, for like, like, for the triple stuff. apple. Literally apple. nobody apple. can you do You've got to be able to like skate around a little bit. You're going to be out there working it. Right. Yeah. And I think it's sort of that the, the desire comes from wanting to be able to invest yourself so mm-hmm. fully in something. Whereas in my everyday life, what am I going to quit my jobs to become a figure skater? Like, yeah. that's not a realistic. No. <laughs> if I started doing that, you guys would be like, what's happening with Riley? What's like, going Riley's on? the deep end. <laughs> we're also always thinking about, as actors, we're always thinking about our marketability. Right. You know, I would love to dye my hair blue. But realistically. Same. As a 53-year-old woman, how many roles am I going to get with cobalt blue hair? And I'll get some. Sure. But it really is going to limit me. But yeah. if they need you to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Down with then, it. Then, like, you that's bet. an easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy switch. Um, when I was working on American Horror Story, one of the main characters was playing two people and one of them had purple hair and one of them didn't. And they were dying and undying his hair, like, in between takes. It was <gasps> That's crazy. so bad for his hair. Well they, well, they were using, like, the deposit-only stuff so okay. that you could wash yeah. it in and out. Okay. But, I mean, if they need you to have blue hair, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> I mean, like, I've given myself blue hair, pink hair. I, yeah, your vi- thing, and your videos. The one thing that's really cool that I never anticipated with having, you know, white hair is that it's neutral. I can just throw anything on over it. And it looks it looks flawless. It's not like dying like my hair. You There are some colors that would look okay, but some colors that would look terrible because it's like kind of blonde, but mostly brown. So it's not going to be like a blank canvas. Yeah. It's crazy. That. Yeah, it's really fun. Plus, I, when I, because I colored my hair for so many years, not coloring, I kind of got bored. I was used to dicking around with my hair. Mm. I was oh, yeah. used to changing it all yeah. the time. You know, it's like every, every couple of years, I'd I remember things by my hair color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. You know, when I go back 25 years and I need to think, it's like, wait a minute. I was, I had long extensions in dark, dark brown at that time. Okay, so that would have meant it was 1993. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, I kind of look back on things by my hair totally. color. Totally. I, I, I definitely do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and I think that's kind of the nice part about changing your appearance is that you... It's almost like a way to, to I don't know, denote different like times in your life or yeah. have some sort of separation, especially in LA where everything literally feels the same forever because yeah. there are no seasons oh and there's God, very yeah. little weather. That it's just like one long road to like wherever and you're like, yeah, I guess that was five years ago. Oh my God, everything <laughs> feels the same. How have five years gone by? Yeah. Yeah. Having something within your control that you can change to, I don't know, to sort of be like time has passed. And I'm different now. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. I've got to say, as a man who started losing his hair when he was like 23, I used to think, like, when I first started losing it, I was like, I don't care. Like, what what, what do I care? Because uh, I used to have, like, very long, He was know, so like, well, like, Nicole coiffed. likes to call me well coiffed. You had um, long hair? I had long like, hair, flipped yeah. flipped up not in the like, bag? Not, like, super long, but, like, it was, you know. Like, swoopy. It was swoopy, yeah. Swoopy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and when it started thinning on top, I was like, all right, well, this is silly. I can't, I can't keep trying this um so i i shaved it all off um actually that was for a role too i was like just totally bicked like smooth head and then they give him a hat to wear and he was <gasps> yeah i know and the costume oh, was like here's your hat and i was like what um but yeah i mean when i was younger i was like i did not care i was like this is totally fine like i'm i'll i'm fine being the guy with no hair but i will say now i do sort of miss like mm-hmm. being able to do stuff with my hair well you know it's 
women get to play with wigs. I have, yeah. I literally have a drawer full of wigs and hair pieces. And it's at capacity, and I need another drawer. <laughs> get Monique Transition. another drawer. I've, yeah. I've, I've got three more hair pieces on their way to me. Yes. <laughs> cool, fun. So Our friend Abby is the same way. She has more extensions than anyone I've ever met. Yeah, so I think it's... We all accept that women do those things with their hair, with our hair. We, we play with wigs. We play <laughs> with hair pieces. We got all of that stuff. And yet, if a man wears a toupee or, or some sort of wig, we judge him. Yeah, we don't, it's a We don't accept it. We don't allow him that same versatility that we allow women. And right. why, why not? No, that's fucked up. Yeah. Because I think for men, it's also, it's seen as like... It's embarrassing to be discovered that you're wearing a toupee. Right. Instead of a woman who like puts on like an orange wig and is and people are like, oh, it's a wig. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing this wig today. I mean, yeah. yeah look, look, all these Kardashian people coming out with different hair colors all the time. Or, yeah. like, what do you think? Why when someone has chin length hair and then the next day you see them and their hair is down to their waist. Like, you know that that's fake, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. everyone's like, it doesn't matter. Why can't men just like have fun with it? It's like, right. yeah, I'm wearing this today. Th today I'm wearing hair. I'm yeah. in the mood for hair today. Exactly. Yeah. Did you wear for, hair? With women, it's it's more of an accessory, and for men, it's a it's a symbol of their virility, virility. and their you know their right. manhood, and it's a totally different you know use for their hair. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's Why so are because it's not like men can't accessorize. I feel like at least, and that's always been a thing. Like mm -hmm. you've got your various top hats and your your waistcoats, and I don't know. Yeah, what and like cufflinks and watches. Yeah. my like, boyfriend exactly. is a dresser. Yeah. yeah. He, dresses and i mean every detail, yeah the bracelets the the scarf yes the, i mean everything he sounds he, very fancy he is very fancy <laughs> he, he really i mean when he's in a t-shirt and jeans and he's got all the accessories i'm and i'm in a t-shirt and jeans i'm like <laughs> you look all nice and yeah. i look homeless <laughs> he's like nah babe you look gorgeous get on my arm baby he's like because you look like you do <laughs> yeah i'm working with this so i gotta try a little harder yeah right very but even that i feel like even men who who do like accessorize a lot and care about fashion and and put a lot into their into trying different looks and all that you still don't frequently see men playing with hair pieces no right no it's like either you grow it out. I mean, the the exception would be the recent addition of the clip-in man bun, which I believe is only seen as a joke. I think it's that's only a joke. <laughs> Alex, let's get you one. Let's put my extensions from the movie, yeah. which are like long red extensions, of course, mm -hmm. and a man bun and see what we get. Yeah. There you go. He's on board. Perfect. <laughs> sure. It won't match. I'm sorry, baby. You'd look weird as a redhead. Yeah. Yeah, no, dyeing my hair has never been something I cared about. It's just recently that I that I started thinking about like just last night I I shaved my head again because I was like man I need a haircut I just shaved my own head like that's the nice convenient that's part true. about it is yeah. I just have a shaver and I shave it and it's done but um I do sort of like every time I do that like look back to the days when I was like I used to like have a comb and like, like, <laughs> I used like to own make a sure my hair looked good you, you know? have a comb you comb your beard yeah that's my beard yeah true. That's, <laughs> beard you know, comb. The, the beard yeah. is nice to have that's sort of I also like use it to line up his because I do the, the back and the neck mm -hmm. because you can't see that no yeah so I use a comb on your actual head hair true as a as a tool yeah. as a tool which mm -hmm. is I I feel like is. going yeah. a comb is really always a tool. True, yeah, true. It's, it's never true. not a tool. Right, <laughs> right. <That's> correct. <laughs> um, I feel like going bald for men and going gray for women are probably somewhat comparable. Yes. 
endeavors I mm. yeah. that it's you know that it feels like you know there's an aging component um there's a sort of like how are you seen by society component there's mm-hmm. a do you embrace it or do you fight it sort of a thing i obviously don't have experience with either of these things but alex and monique you two do yeah um and i'm wondering sort of about the experience i don't know from both of your points of views about how you feel like you were either i don't know either saw yourself differently and or in like liked that or disliked yeah. that monique you've definitely spoken a little bit about that but um one thing is fun since i went gray people always open the door for me oh, oh. the doors are all are always open all for me. doors just open <laughs> but people just you know i go to the gym somebody always opens the door for me mm. and that never happened when i had red hair that's crazy interesting but, but with gray hair people is it an age that's respect i'm not sure but that's interesting too we also have a, a friend who is in her 70s who has a blog about aging um and she writes about feeling invisible in her older yes. age so mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting facet of that that all of a sudden in certain ways you are more visible but i'm sure in others you are less visible mm. i one thing that I've noticed since I've gone gray is that I have the ability to be invisible when I choose to. That sounds great. I don't mm-hmm. often choose to uh-huh. because that's <laughs> not my personality. But when I want to be invisible, I can. So what's an example of yeah. that? I just, I just don't put on it. You know, I, I dress in. If I want to be invisible, I just don't really do anything with my hair. Maybe even not even a ponytail. Just leave it like, you know, that. Mm-hmm. And then no makeup and put on like beige <laughs> you blend beige yeah. the you invisible blend. color there's no beige in old age no <laughs> beige that's like the one rule with gray hair don't wear beige it's horrible oh. I mean, I, yeah okay. i mean beige isn't great at any in my personal opinion <laughs> yeah. i'm not a huge yeah. fan of beige but uh that's funny beige yeah. leggings on oh, white don't. people oh, no don't do that enough. don't do it. i think you're naked and i get scared for a length of time that's uncomfortable for everybody <laughs> agree strong yeah. agree yeah. yes <laughs> um, how do you feel about the the aging component that is seen with being bald? Even though that's, I mean, people go bald at pretty much all ages above the yeah. age of tw- like yeah. it's it's so not. But it I mean, has I guess nothing it's sort to do with seen, age, yeah. right? But. I, well, that's why I think I think for men, it's it's one thing about the age <clears throat> thing, but I think it's also you know a strength thing. I think like having a full set of hair is Hercules. like powerful. Samson, man. Samson, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, right. yeah. You know? I mean, but you think of like any like you know executive or like a financial firm whatever you know like you don't get far with no hair like that's just sort of the the stereotypical there are so many powerful bald men but But, they had power before they were bald shiny bald yes it's a it's a particular power play it's it's owning exactly exactly yeah yeah it's if you've got the fryer tuck Mr. Clean. That was my dad just, growing up, just, except he had like the the, the fuzzies on top. Yeah. Right. yeah. Never like right. the eggshell. Mm. Yeah. That is when people really start to sort of go, oh. Oh. Right. Mm. Which I think is why it was easier for me to transition because when I was like full, you know, bicked hair, it it felt like it was a look, you know? Right. And yeah, kind of like what you were saying about when you shaved your head, that it was like a strong. Yeah. Look. Yeah. yeah. It right. was. Here I am. Right. Instead of just like exactly. this happened to me. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I've made I've t- I have some control over this. I've made these decisions about yeah, my parents. Exactly. Cuz that's sort of your only option when you start balding. It's like you can either just get rid of everything 
or just sort of leave it as is. And that look like by itself is just sort of like you're a guy with thinning hair, you know? Yeah. Right. Have you ever even entertained the idea of wearing a toupee? No, God, no. Right? No. Because it's... No, yeah. God, no. Yeah. We have a friend who's going, um, who's a man who's going a little light up top, and he's been using the powder stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and that I first, have seen. I felt I was such a judgy little cunt about it. I was like, oh my God, are you using powder? Ew, why does it come off on your hand? Like, I was asking him all these questions about it, and then I was like, oh, wait, it's his head. It's his hair. He gets to do whatever, he gets the, fuck to do whatever the fuck he wants with <laughs> yeah. it. And yeah. it's fine. And like, he can... It looks and fuller it works, and thicker, yeah. and that shit works but like he can do it every once and it works and it looks great and it helps him to feel more confident when he's going yeah. in for all these different roles where he like has to be like a tough ass yeah mm-hmm. i was on set yeah. with somebody who had used spray darkening mm-hmm. yeah. thickening something yeah. in their hair the only problem with that was that we were uh it was raining no yeah. nope and yeah. so then the, then the makeup artist had to be like what is happening to your face yeah. and he was like oh i put this stuff in my hair and she's like oh oh that's fine and that stuff works so so well like i wish i had known but now we're just going to keep an eye on not letting it like <laughs> so run doesn't down, bleed your neck. down your neck yeah. yeah right yeah. exactly yeah. but you know again sort of i feel like having that be more of a uh I don't know, just accepted thing as opposed to yeah. feeling, and I don't know if he again, felt like he yeah. had to hide it or not, but I, I think just sort of having that be like a, oh, and if you're going to put this in your hair, like what, here's a waterproof, like we have waterproof <laughs> mascara. It's not like they're like, did you put something on your eyelashes? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I fucking did. Yeah. yeah. Here's the waterproof version of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even that is like, you know, sort of an accepted thing, you know, women make, wearing makeup, just with men and their hair, it's just, it's a, it is really just to hide it, you know, to yeah. hide the fact that they're losing it. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer. I mean, I don't, I really think very little about my hair. And that's, you know, I started wearing the hats like recently. And I was like, I like having some sort of like accessory that I can like change every day and like have a different look. And so that's sort of, again, these are all just sort of stand-ins for things that I can't actually do with my body biologically. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he does have many really cute, beautiful hats. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we have to just as an experiment get you a toupee and like see what's up. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and put the kibosh on that. <laughs> Why? Um, I like his bald little head. I know. Yeah. But he loves my, my boyfriend is very receding here yeah. and bald up here, and I wouldn't change a thing. That's what Alex says. I, and I yeah. love it. But Every isn't time that he the talks same about as, things, as like the boyfriend being like, "Don't cut your hair. I like it long." Yeah, yeah, it super it. is. But I'm pulling the double standard card so hard and right we now. We do, we do, <laughs> babe. If you seriously wanted a toupee or plugs or whatever, yeah. I would support you. No, However, I want I you to know wouldn't. that I think you're perfect just the way you are. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think if I if I wanted that because it was like a look, I just wanted to like change the way my hair looked every day or something like that. Like that was. You know, that meant something to me. Let's start with one of those visors with the spiky Guy Fieri hair. Right. And go from there. Yeah. There you go. No. (laughs) There you go. No, my point is I don't, I'm not interested in that. You gotta get the Guy Fieri shirt too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You gotta really go. The whole look. Like the flames. Right. I do, I know an older male actor who is like like egg bald and he has, he, I saw him once in his wig that he spent like. $400 Four hundred dollars. You guys spend a lot of I mean, money on a wig. Nice wig, and obviously he has to like glue it to his head. Yes. Right. but it looks incredible. And I mean, he's an actor, so he's like, "Yes, this is my look for when I'm bald, and this is my look for when I have hair." Yeah, which makes kind of cool. But I would never have ever known that that was a wig. And I guess I just never even thought about. And it's also still because I think he's in his seventies. It's still like an older man wig. Right. You know, it's not like all of a sudden he's got this full head of hair, and you're like, "Why?" Like, because that's yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It definitely just looks like he's an older man who never lost his hair. Yeah. But 
I, that's definitely the first time that I was like, oh, 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 obviously, like, you know, it's not just like, oh, I'm an older actor and I'm bald, so that's it. Yeah. Like, of course we have would, options yeah, for that. Yeah, of course you have options. But if you're yeah. going to wear one, you better spend money on it or else everyone's going to know. Yes. Yes. You got to spend money on that shit. And, as, you know, if, as a man who is an actor, that is a worthwhile investment in your career. Right. Mm -hmm. Just as you have right. headshots with a beard and headshots without a beard. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. You want to be able to be like, all those things. Like, if you want that look, I got it. Right. I can do that. I can bring that to the table. Right. Yeah. Yep. Also, if you want to shave your beard, even though you haven't in almost 13 years that we've been together. Is that true? Um, I have not seen my face in 13 years. Yeah. You can. Have yeah. you no, ever I, seen his I face? Have, I have. I have. He had a, <laughs> have you ever he, seen his face? He has, he, when we first started dating, he had a goatee. In fact, when he was talking about how he like baked his hair, his head was bleeding. Oh, no. And oh. like no one else would. Everyone was like, I don't want to get a disease from you. And I was the only one who was like, oh, my God, you're bleeding. And like got a tissue. And like that's sort of how we became like a thing. That's amazing. It's really funny. Nicole cared um, for my bald head. It was like, he's bleeding. Why are you all a bunch of assholes like <laughs> help him because he was like uh, like panicking like trying to find where it was bleeding from and no one would help him Aww. so um thanks going bald um okay i have another question that's a little bit of a of a pivot of topic. Oh, great. okay yeah do it do it um i am curious monique be as somebody who was in the industry and left the industry and came back to the industry especially because you said you came back in 2015, mm -hmm. um, which was right right before the Me Too movement and right as some major things were happening. I'm curious from your perspective about your experience, your your first experience in your career versus your new experience in your career and in al also in terms of like how the industry has changed for women. It's funny because I went to a, a Halloween party uh -huh. last night and my costume was Me Too. Yes. Yeah. You know, I I wore a crown of thorns that was barbed wire that then came down around my neck and around my arm and had blood points at each of them. Ouch. And I had words um. all over me. Just covered wow. in yeah. it. And and it was it was fun to do that and um so cool. Career wise, it's um I had decided that I was going to have a different career. Right. And it, it has been different for the most part. But I did a film that will be coming out in uh, a few months. And I play a porn actress in that. Okay. And because of that, I had to have some nudity. Mm -hmm. And there is a montage where you see me making a bunch of pornographic films. Gotcha. So I literally had Naked Day with all of these different men. It was oh, wow. a hard, right. hard day. Because they're like, we just need a clip of you from each of them, but that's a, yeah, it's that's like you and a lot of other, other people. I mean, it was just so, it was just really, really difficult. And I was so pleased with how each of them made a point of, of getting my consent for everything. And I don't know if the director had talked to them in advance. Uh, I imagine he did. He was very supportive. Uh-huh. Um, and everybody was, I think, hyper aware of taking care of me mm -hmm. right? for that. But I was really, really impressed how all of these men, you know, came up. So what can we do? What can't I do? What are you okay with? You know, and I'm an actor. I've been in the business for a long time. And I, I, 
I know what's real and what's acting. Yes. Like, look, if the camera's rolling and we are doing the scene, do whatever feels natural and normal. Unless you're into some really creepy BDSM stuff. (laughs) Maybe not. Let's keep it a little vanilla. Um, Wow, that's great. I never even thought about, for some reason, when you said they all asked my consent, that was something that never even occurred to me. Being uh, In terms of being on in a film set environment. That that would... And of course that should be a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a, it has to be a conversation. Can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. Can I kiss you open mouth? Can I touch your breast? Can I kiss your nipple? You know, all of those things. Yeah. And if you're shooting, like, less so for, like, the, the porn scenes, because those are just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they're, they're pretty... Very physical, but mm-hmm. not really intimate. But then right. I did have to have a love scene that was very intimate and, and very warm and loving and tender. And, you know, that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you've got to just, you have to talk. You Like like a re- real relationship. Yeah. It's all about the communication. It really, really is. I've done a couple of kissing scenes and one like comedy, oh no, two comedy sex scenes. And we had like discussions before any mm-hmm. anything was shot. Because it's all about both parties' comfort. Yeah. I mean, I actually, they, they just released that horror film that I shot oh, yeah, where yeah, I yeah. had to be sexy on camera for the first time in my Woo! life. And I was so scared because I don't think of myself as a sexy person to begin with. <laughs> and then when I'm like, oh, people are, they're going to put this on the internet? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I was definitely very nervous. And it, there was like a making out scene. And then there was a like a bedroom scene where I was in a bra and he's like, quote unquote, going down on me. But you don't see him. You just mm-hmm. see my upper body. Um, and yeah, I mean that we definitely, they were very careful to be like, this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. Yeah. But it never occurred to me that the other actor would be, and it's not like the actor that I worked with was bad in any way. Mm -hmm. He he was, everybody was erring on the side of like feeling like they were already making me uncomfortable. I had to over and over be like, it's okay. We're fine. I'm just going to take off my shirt so you can see what the lighting looks like. Or that's great. They're like, oh, that would be great if that's okay with you. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. Um, but yeah, the idea of the other actor being involved in the consent process mm-hmm. makes so much sense. The hardest scenes that I've ever done are rape scenes. Oof. They are really hard for me. And I think they're even harder for the actor. Oh, yeah. Because they have to be violent. Right. And, and you know, I've, I've seen men, they're just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you've got to do this. I'm like, grab me, throw me down. Do what you need to do. I will be okay. Yeah. You know, like, well, what if I do, like, if you grab my arm, or, or the hard thing is when you've done a scene, and I, I, I bruise easily. I'm very mm, fair skinned. Same. Somebody grabs my arm yeah. and we're doing a scene. You're going to see Next it. day, they're going to see their hand marks on my arms and they're just oh, eaten yeah. up with it. And I'm like, it's fine. It's just a discoloration. It's nothing. It's it's totally fine. But I'm also really glad that they feel so bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because like they're good dudes. Yeah. They're good they're dudes. Good, good yeah. dudes. Yeah, it would be it would be creepy if they were like, Yeah, oh, yeah. look at that shit on your arm. That looks rad. See, I left my mark on I you. did that. Yeah. yeah I'd be like, this guy great. needs to be fired immediately. Yeah. This guy's a serial <laughs> killer. On that film, we did have a name actor uh-huh. who was hired to play a role and he was very um he had a couple of situations with the war- wardrobe lady and mm. the makeup artist 
and he was fired. Good. Good. Yeah. Bye. A lot of respect for the director. Good. And also, it just occurred to me that, like, wardrobe lady and makeup artist are kind of the buffer between, like, those are the first people you interact with. Yep. And you're you're kind of intimate with their, either touching your face or your hair or you're literally, they're changing your clothes or whatever. And, and yeah, um, sweet hair and makeup ladies, I thank you. Yes. <laughs> and also, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I mean, you guys have seen that that series that David, David Schwimmer, Schwimmer did. Yeah, yes, there's a yes. wardrobe one. It, it, it literally, it was exactly like oh, that. Oh no! Like, like uh, did you not do? Did you see this and decide you were going to act it out? Oh no, that's not okay. That's exactly. Bye. Yeah. So, love your director. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Fired forever because those those. A couple of those, I was like, oh, been there. Ooh, ooh. Like, have you watched all... I think there's six of them. Yeah, can you yeah. describe yeah. the um, wardrobe The wardrobe one? Yeah. So I believe the... the um wardrobe woman is like handing clothes to the to the actor and he exposes himself to her he's like comes out of the room like and she's like mm, <laughs> and like tries to play it off and he's not having it and he makes a move and, on and, her. and then he says well my hands are you know you will you oh that's right put it back like <sighs> and, and you, to just Gross. She, the actress it was so well done yeah yes you yeah. know because you could just see she was just oh you you could really so anybody who hasn't seen those should definitely look They're for great. all the different layers of this is my job do I actually have to do this he's a big star do I have to deal am I going to get, get fired? fired like all of those his word things. against mine yes. my word against his and he's then, powerful I'm not is this actually happening right now yes isn't there what is my life like a uh, someone else asks him to record a message for their like niece or nephew too immediately following yes. that interaction and it makes it so much worse it, it does because it's like it. The, when those situations happen, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden everything has changed and everyone's different. And it's it's like just this weird fucked up thing that was dropped into completely normal life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think that's that's a very Horrifying. good way of capturing exactly just going back to being like, oh, my God. And like you're still trapped in this like, what just happened? And she's like back there just like hanging up pants on right. the hanger. And it's like, what the ever loving fuck just happened? Yeah. Awful. And wouldn't it feel good if... The story that we didn't know. He got fired. Yep. She went. She told the director. He got fired. Yeah. That is what we want to hear. Totally. I'm so glad to hear that that... I mean, I'm not glad to hear that that happened, but I'm glad to hear that it was handled that quickly. I... It was so quickly, and I had so much respect for him. Yeah. You know, it... There was... To go back to your original question, I have seen a big difference in how I am treated on set, having nudity, now versus 10 years ago mm-hmm. that's definitely good. people are really taking it seriously and i think that is so awesome yeah that's great and very important yeah and like fuck about time like can we continue yeah. and even make it better yeah, yeah. please and, the, and there's still so much to do yeah Ugh. i'm curious about your experience when you were first getting jobs that were sexy or mm-hmm. that were nude um because that, I imagine there's a lot that goes into that decision and a lot of people's opinions that come at you about that decision. I was, um, it was very easy for me mm-hmm. to do the the nudity stuff because I grew up as a ballet dancer. I was changing clothes in a room full of mixed company when I was four years old. Right, on. no big deal. <laughs> um, I went, started going to a nude beach when I was, 14, 15. Okay. And I always kind of thought the nude beach just felt more natural than 
the beach that was just a little further away that was, you know, in your bathing suit. Mm -hmm. It just seemed more natural to me. So I had no issues with nudity, but a lot of people did. And a lot of judgment, um, a lot of judgment from women. Really? Yeah. 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 That, that were they, was it like the guys of like trying to protect you sort of a thing or N- no it's that good girl bad girl that mm. oh you're a slut yeah Ugh. you do nudity you're a tramp that is extremely unfortunate but doesn't surprise me because riley and i did um a sort of like gender swap of an episode of new girl like we did a super cut of this episode and most of the comments were like this is hilarious like this made me think and the really really like the two really negative comments we got were from two young women who had an issue with the scene where I played the guy, Nick, who's in bed with multiple women. And you just see him cycling through all these women and all of them slamming the door. Mm -hmm. So when it was reversed and I'm in bed being like, I don't want to see you anymore. And these guys are slamming the door. They're like, you look like a slut. And it was like, that's a bummer. You're like, that's, that's a bummer. Do you yeah. see the, the point? Do you yes. see exactly what we're saying yes. right here? Yes. This is the whole point of the reason why we did this. Which and is, part of me is like, I'm glad that they made that comment so that people can be like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so unfortunate. And I think it also sort of plays into our current political sphere. Oh my God. Yes. And it makes yes. me upset. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So much. Yeah. I mean, even in this in this horror film that I just did, um, in the plot of it is that I'm like hooking up with a guy, and then my boyfriend shows up, and I have to like get the guy to go out the window and like go lie to my boyfriend, um, and then it's a horror film, so ho- horror things happen. Um, a lot of the comments are about how much of a slut I am, are about like she got what she deserved, like that horror, yeah. like blah 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 Whoa. blah. But if a man were doing that. High five. Right. And and a lot of them are attached to the actor that plays my boyfriend. They're like, how could she cheat on him? How blah, blah, blah. And like, not to say that like, oh, I'm a good person in the movie. But I think it's just the idea that like, I'm just a person in the movie. Who like made made a decision that maybe wasn't the greatest decision. But also is like, like, they're like, yeah, she deserves to die. Like, great. I'm so glad she got what was coming to That's her. That's so absurd that they think you literally deserve, deserve to, to die. die. And, like, obviously, I take it all the grain of salt because it's YouTube comments. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, yeah. it, they're not saying that about me. They're also, their audience is pretty young. Right. And yeah. so I understand that they're coming from a place of just being, of just, like, reacting to it. They're not like, I've thought about this deeply and this is what I think <laughs> about women. Like, no. They're just being like, oh, yeah. Like, whatever. But the fact that that was sort of like a very common thread through the comments i was like oh shit because i was definitely more expecting it to be i don't know i i guess i don't know what i what i was necessarily expecting but i wasn't expecting it to be that dramatic i I thought it was kind of cool that they were like oh yeah our like protagonist is a flawed character i was like oh fuck yeah great i'm on board with that Mm -hmm. but it was like people were like well i can't identify with her because she's a terrible person so i'm glad that this is what happened I was like, oh, 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 that's what it is. Like, nice. you can't, it's it's not even just that we don't write women, complicated women. It's that when we see complicated women, we don't think they're complicated. We think they are one or the other. Yeah. Right. So we can't even, as an audience, like, absorb that properly, even when it's written as just, like, a person making XYZ decision. Everyone wants everything to be black and white when everyone, it's freaking the gray. The whole world is gray. Like, just chill out. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody understands like mistakes or different walks of life from theirs until they literally have an example like sitting on their lap. And they're like, 
oh, I understand. But if you just open your brain a little bit, things would be easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's just so, there's, there's still in our culture and maybe even now more in the past couple years than it has been before because Mm. of politics. Um, (laughs) But this idea of everybody getting very upset about other people's decisions and other people's autonomy. And we've talked about this in sort of various ways here about being like, yeah, it's your decision, whatever you want to do with your hair. Or it's your decision if you want to do nudity. You know, it's not like you're like, oh, I make these movies where I kill animals on camera. (laughs) Here's me murdering a bunch of children. Like, you're just taking your clothes off. (laughs) For God's sakes, they're your clothes and it's your body. You can do whatever with both that you want to do yeah and people you know finding that personal attack you know finding that very personal point of view where they're like oh well this is affecting me, me in some way like, okay whatever. okay well i don't know what to do other than say sorry it offended yeah. you and i'm really not sorry yeah, yeah. not a bit yeah and i'm gonna keep doing whatever i want to do. do whatever yeah. i want <laughs> yeah and it's gonna be great Ugh. So I'm sure now that you are are a YouTube sensation, boop, boop. <laughs> um, you've also dealt with the YouTube commentary. Yeah. Yes. I imagine that it is a mix of women who you are like inspiring and who have had their lives changed by being able to see somebody like you and also probably some terrible people. I've had people make hate videos about me. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. Make a hate video? About, about you me. doing like a makeup tutorial? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Wh- why? What was their, what's their hate? Why? Uh, I don't know. There, there. One well, she's talking about um, a woman. I, yeah, uh, a woman going sorry. off about my uh, hormonal acne and oh. um, my pale skin. What? You know, it's just literally. There, you know when you you know when you ego surf mm, and you like yeah. go online and you look sure. yourself up. Oh sure, yeah, sure, and I came sure. across this video that somebody made. All about how much they hate Monique Parent. Wha- are okay. they? I mean, je- jealous, obviously. Jealous. Is she okay? Um, but like, <laughs> she's are not they okay. also a YouTuber that like doesn't get the like? Is there that yes. sort of a thing? Yes. Okay, okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. Um, not that that makes it uh, excusable, but I see more understandable. Yeah, I yeah. see she's that sad. sort of content being made out of just pure like frustration that people like somebody more than you. And so you're like, well, this is all the reasons why you shouldn't like them. Yeah. You're like, like, what are you doing with your life? She's spending so much time on things that shouldn't be affecting her. Like she spends so much time thinking about like you eat up a lot of her time. Yeah. And sorry, what a dummy. She's being (laughs) such a dummy. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting for someone to go out of their way to like, but yeah, you do get a lot of the comments. You get, I mean, most of it, most of what I get is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's what you said about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sometimes it's very difficult for me to read all of the comments. Mm-hmm. They are so positive. That you're like, and I I'm, couldn't possibly deserve this. <laughs> it, it, it's literally sometimes like when I first got started and I would get in, up in the morning and I would open up my laptop and I'd start reading through and I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it, all of this praise and it's it's lovely it's wonderful to get mm-hmm. that but i'd start to feel like i didn't deserve it right yeah and so eventually i just kind of stopped reading comments mm-hmm. which i think is pretty healthy it's because a pretty healthy choice it, it exactly i felt like all that praise isn't necessarily a good thing to have yeah cuz i think we've all known actors and people in whatever who 
believe their own publicity. Mm-hmm. They believe all of that, and they think they're God's gift to the world. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, and fortunately, I have cats, and so the only person that's going to clean the cat box is me. <laughs> and that keeps you really grounded. <laughs> How many cats do you have? We have two. two. Yay! <laughs> we'll have to um, exchange photos. Yeah. <laughs> so. so get cats so get, that you get. regularly have to pick up their poop you and you remember. Or even a dog. You know, if you're pick- physically true. picking up the poop every day, or it keeps child. you humble. Yeah. <laughs> or a yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody whose ass you have to wipe or poop, you have to pick up, like, that will keep you ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when mm-hmm. you were the poo slave. Oh, God, I don't have anybody's poop to pick up. You know Is really? my ego too? Have you I can pick up my <laughs> poop. I'm going to come and no. I'm going to poop in your backyard. Please, please don't. No. You're a giver. I just want her to be happy. <laughs> and I have so much literal shit to pick up in our house. And vomit, you know? Mm. Lots of vomit. Yeah, or sometimes when you call them and they just look at you and then they walk away and you're like, oh, that's right, right, right. I'm just a person. Yeah. I'm just a garbage person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I saw on, on, on my news feed this morning there was a cat on a runway. Yes. I have to. Have you seen it? No. Oh, my God. I'll show you the video. Yes, I need to see it's that. It's so cute. Like walking the runway? Yeah. It's like uh, there was a fashion show and a cat yeah. jumped up on the catwalk oh. and laid down oh. and just like I mean, it's called a catwalk. Like grooming. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, then, and the model walks by and the cat swipes at the model. Yeah. Wow. And then the model just like steps over the cat. And then the cat gets up and walks right down the center of the catwalk. Oh. Yeah. Just like, to like to the beat. And I'm like, forever that. Oh my God. It's a cat on a catwalk oh it doesn't get any better than that that is so 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 good oh yeah that's really good stuff um <sighs> before we wrap up this fabulous episode boop, boop. Fabulous. i i would just like to know from everyone what what makes you feel fabulous oh what makes me feel fabulous sometimes it's just that first cup of coffee in the morning Listen, mm. there's no shame in that yeah. sometimes it's that first glass of wine uh-huh. sometimes it's that fourth glass of wine <laughs> yes um feeling like i'm i'm doing something feeling like i'm changing people's lives like i'm giving to people when i read that somebody has gone through something and and some of my videos have helped them and made them feel better that makes me feel fabulous Mm -hmm. i love that um a good massage yeah so in that sense it's Mm -hmm. almost like part of you you have to absorb some of their commentary as well because that's such an important part of fueling what you do yeah it gets you to the next one it's like you know because every once in a while when I, I, I haven't had I haven't been able to do as many videos lately as I used to because my acting career has really been taking off. That's what so a great good. problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> um and when I first got started making videos, I was mostly I was experimenting myself mm-hmm. trying to figure out what makeup colors and clothes colors to wear with this new hair. So I was still learning and now I don't really have as much to say because I'm kind of just doing the same thing over and over and over again now. So when I do make videos now, I'm trying to give some sort of a message. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I say that's going to be helpful to people? Mm-hmm. What what lessons have I learned that I think other people can benefit from? Because if it's true for me, it's true for others. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that goes for anybody in the world. Mm-hmm. Nicole, what makes you feel fabulous? I mean, I like accomplishing things, even if it's, even if it's, not significant. Like we had to take all of everything ever off the balcony 
uh, the other day. And I have, I'm a, a lot of plants. I'm a plant <laughs> mother. I have minimum 80 in our apartment at awesome. any point. Okay. Um, so taking everything off the balcony so they could like pressure wash and repaint was a lot. So then I went through and I like got rid of a bunch of like old pots and I did get rid of one plant and I felt very guilty about throwing it away. It's okay. But I rearranged the entire balcony, put everything back and like came back in and was like, ooh, this looks good. And I felt very good about myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, till like this morning when I had to go to work. <laughs> like I felt really, really good about it. Like doing, like anytime I'm stressed or upset, even if I just like update a list or um, do the dishes. Like if I can knock something off a list and accomplish something, I feel fabulous. Because I'm like, look at you. Yeah. Getting shit done. So that's it. That's where, where that's where it's at. <laughs> I spend a lot of years as a starving artist. Mm-hmm. You know, never having enough money to to pay the bills. Yeah. Yes. Been there. Currently there. Those days <laughs> when I just like, I better pay the gas bill. I better pay this bill. I better, mm-hmm. and I just like, I just pay them. It's yeah. that feels fabulous. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not rolling in cash. No, I'm I'm not. But just ha- being able but to do that, I can basic. pay mm-hmm. my bills. Yeah, and that feels fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I super super there. agree with that because I think this this year might be the first year in which I haven't been out of money every single month mm-hmm. after I pay my rent. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely identify with that feeling yes. of being like, I can pay my bills. I don't actually have to know exactly how much money is in my bank account right now in order to make a purchase. Yeah. Like I don't have to go to the grocery store knowing exactly how much I can spend. Yeah. I know I can just go there and buy the just groceries buy that I want to buy. And I mean, I'm not out there buying like lobster and filet mignon. Why although not? I probably couldn't be okay. But like, you know, I'm still like buying like my normal. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get eggs and like vegetables and, like, you know, my like normal shit. But I'm not constantly doing that math. And that really does like that. The, the fact that a little bit of my brain anxiety is n- like no longer there really does make everything else feel so much easier Mm -hmm. and i think that's also it's like that stupid stupid thing that they tell actors that i'm sure there's a variation of in many industries but if you're not an actor here's what we hear all the time um don't go into an audition acting like you really want to get it right they say like don't Mm -hmm. go in there like they can see if you're desperate and it's on your forehead like a neon sign yeah so you've got to go in there almost pretending like it doesn't matter if you get it or not and it's really hard because sometimes you go in and you're like if i get this job it will literally change my entire life yes if i book this stupid commercial or whatever it will it could literally change my life and other people's lives around me and you're supposed to like not think about that or not care about that when you walk in which is impossible to do right and i think now like again and like this only this calendar year the fact that i had a few jobs one after the other one i have actually experienced that that sense in myself of somebody being like hey i want you to read for this and i'll be like oh sure like i'll put myself on tape for it or whatever and really not caring and we're again we're not talking about big life-changing roles in this scenario Mm -hmm. but really not caring that much not investing that much in whether or not I get it because I have something else. There's so it's so not many more. all of the things aren't on just one possibility or yeah. one job or one opportunity or one industry contact. I'm not going out and meeting that person being like, I have nothing else but this coffee meeting yeah. right now, which I was, that was my life forever. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I mean, that to me feels fabulous. Just not having the the sheer number of anxieties mm-hmm. that I used to mm-hmm. have and, and like not feeling like, because I would have them and I would know I had them and I was would know I wasn't supposed to have them. So then all I was doing was pretending I didn't have them and, and not and being like imposter syndrome. You can tell that I have these, right? I'm not doing a very good job of faking it. And like that was my world. Yeah. 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 So like just the level of not having as many worries feels fabulous. Yeah. For me. I would say it's taken all 10 years that I've been here to now have like multiple irons in the fire. So yes. I don't have to be like, this one iron, it's going to get so hot someday. But exactly. now I'm like, they're all kind of warm. And and, right. now, and if one goes out, you're like, that's fine. Oh, It'll either come iron. back or... When I don't get a job, I go, mm. I'm like, oh, well, that's a bummer. I'd have liked to have had that job. But it wasn't meant to be. It's yeah. somebody else's job. Yeah. Yep. Somebody else got... and, and Somebody and, else got to have that, woo, yeah. I flipped it. And and they can't all be mine. Yeah, and maybe that person really, really fucking needed it. Maybe yeah. that was their one iron. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, that's yeah. very, very true. Because yeah. well, especially as actors, we all have a look, right? And it's not about good looking versus not good looking. It's your look, mm-hmm. and your look may not be marketable on that many things. So you may only get one audition a month. Or that less. audition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that audition is huge right. yes. when you only get one yes. a month. Yes. You know, there's I, a lot more pressure than the people are like, oh, I had four auditions today. I've got four auditions tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It becomes that much more important. Yeah. Although most everything's freaking self tapes now anyway. I know. Thank God. I mean, then you can do it as many times as you want. Oh, and you can do creative things. Or you can do weird shit. Yeah. I'm yeah. very for weird shit. <laughs> um, I, I had, uh, I did a self-tape with something where they wanted a certain look. Mm -hmm. So I gave them that certain look. I did the wig. I did the makeup. I did the, ah, you know, that whole thing. And then I did a take with no makeup, no hair, nothing. And I put them back to back. Nice. And literally, I showed it to a friend of mine. And when it switched, she jumped. (laughs) I mean, she physically jumped. You know, just like, oh. It's a whole different thing when you do it with the no makeup. Like, yeah. Now it's raw. That, yeah. that like satisfies such a visceral part of me though. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's because I work somewhere where we, we produce self-tapes for actors. So I see a lot of people's self-tapes and I'm in the room with a lot oh, of them I taping. Bet. And it is amazing to me how how frequently or infrequently really actors realize that they have that what they look like is a tool as opposed to either a disability or an asset it's not just like oh you're pretty so it, they want to see how pretty you are right it's like you have a human face and it can do so many things mm-hmm. what are you doing with it today or yeah. what are you know what are you creating today with with the tools that you're working yeah. with yeah yeah so many people come in and they're so they're, they're so worried about how they look oh, I have to look they're like so this. you know they spend half of their taping just fixing their hair in the mirror because there's one hair that won't go it's like they're not they're never going to notice they're that. never going to notice that and they shouldn't because they're looking at everything else that's going on or if they do notice it they're not going to not give you the part if you're amazing because of the like yeah and if they do you do not want to work on that project yeah. because they're garbage so, yeah. so many things but especially you know oftentimes it's women who are asking about the lighting and are asking about the lens and they want to watch it back and they want to make sure that they don't look old That's or that they don't look right yeah and it's like okay 
yes, you have like it's nice to feel like you look nice. Everybody wants to feel like they look nice. But in terms of an acting role, what are you? What's the intent? And what are you working with? And what are the tools at your disposal? And how are you using them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a great perspective to be like, yep, I can do this and give them what they want for this, and then I have in my control the ability to really make them think yeah. and use what I have to be memorable and to create an impression and yeah i love that yeah I love it's that. it's real i love self-taping it's so much fun it's, it, i was very very uh for you it it it's been self-taping for a while but for me yeah. it that was new mm-hmm. i i did 20 something years in the business not self-taping and right. when self-taping came i was resistant mm-hmm. i was angry I was angry about having to make a tape. What do you mean I have to? It's like, and then once I started getting behind it and realizing, oh, I get to do a whole little acting, a whole little performance. I can do a whole thing and I can do it as many times as I want until I have just the The right. The perfect one. Yeah. You have full control. Or the perfect enough one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or the one that you didn't realize you were going to even, was going to even come out of you until you did it. And you were like, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun surprise when you watch it back and you're like, oh, oh. interesting. Yeah, that that's the one. Not the one that I thought I liked, yeah. but this right. one. This one, even though I messed up that line, I actually really like what's going on. I yeah. almost, and, and usually I do two takes. Uh-huh. And I almost always find that I use the first take and the last take. Really? And that all of the ones in between... Just practice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but for some, there's a freshness mm-hmm. on the first take that right. somehow, and then the last take where it's like, okay, I don't have anything else to say. Right. I, I think I've, I think I've got enough versions of this. Yeah. Alex, what, what makes you feel fabulous? I think just when things go well, <laughs> <laughs> like when there's some sort of success and whatever, like big or small, it's just like when, when things go smoothly because it's just so rare, at least in my life, <laughs> that things go smoothly or things just like, you know, you get the outcome that you were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're putting all this work in. Or no, and, nobody randomly fucked it up in the middle yeah, when you were yeah. like, yeah, I wasn't even asking for you. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or just like when things work. Like, it's like so many things just don't work. And like, you know, running a studio where there's just so, you know, when like the recording stops in the middle of something. Like, that's very frustrating when it's like the only job you have equipment is to work like you know it's just like you're just i'm just day in and day out i'm like troubleshooting and you know it's just like 90 percent of my job you you know even when i'm directing and stuff it's just like putting out fires and fixing things and and making sure you know things in the end like work out well yeah um so when things end up doing that it feels really great because it's rare you should see alex on set as a director like when I've been in like, we've done like two actual like real movies. The first one, we, I was just combative with him and a real cunt about it. This last <laughs> one we did, um, we finally have like this symbiotic like work relationship where we can like put our marriage aside for a little bit and like just work, which is really great. But Alex on set as a director is like a totally different person. And it's like, he is in charge. He is just like doing his thing. And he is just like, delegating and it's so hot and I'm very into it and I want to do it all the time. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, look at Joe. And like even when we were talking about like when he's directing me, it's just so it's totally different from our like marital relationship. And I'm so deeply very into it. And I want everyone to experience That's Alex as a director. Fabulous. Yeah. It's wonderful. Absolutely that fabulous. Is fabulous. Yes. Riley, is there anything you would add to your fabulosity factor? 
what to, what to make myself more fabulous or just what makes you feel fabulous um ah uh, i think i think like like i was saying a little bit just sort of like the freedom that has come just with like the very small changes in my finances mm -hmm. and work this year um allows me to actually enjoy the things that are in my life mm -hmm. um without constant because i'm not constantly worrying i'm just sometimes worrying mm -hmm. <laughs> now um that i'm able to like have a day where i don't have to work and not also spend that day like hustling in some other way yeah to be like oh yeah i haven't written anything but you know what that's okay I'm going to try cooking this thing. I've cooked it four times. It's never been very good. So let's see if I can get it better. And I'm going to like clean my house and then it's going to be clean. I'm going to really like it. And like, oh, clean sheets, you guys. Best feeling in the whole wide yeah, world. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, so I think the being able to feel like I'm actually enjoying the life I'm living, which is something I never was able to do before. And again, I think because I am a person with a lot of anxiety um, who is always sort of constantly like, even if my life was like going well or whatever, I was always just worried about the next thing and worried about, 100%. you know, when it was all going to be over and when I was going to run out of that money and when, you know, yeah. I was just always living in that state. So I think that the, the, the privilege, I guess now is that I, I am able to enjoy some of those smaller things in my life and I'm able to enjoy the fact that I can enjoy that. So like that hey, makes me feel good. That that's I'm like, great. Yeah. And you know, and I, I always try to like make a point of like telling myself that I did a good job when I did, you know, to, to be like, okay, like you emailed all these people and like you did this or you cleaned that. Like, good job. Good yeah. work. You did well. You did it. Good so to give yourself like, an attitude. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Instead of just being like, okay, what's next? You know, just yeah. like having right. that moment of being like, yay. And then you can move on. Yeah. To the next thing. yeah. Let's celebrate so, your moments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge them and 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 go, yeah. I'm okay yeah. And no matter how and I think also because um I came and Monique, I don't think you know this, but I uh struggled, especially this past spring, a lot um with my physical health. And I was spending days or weeks really not being able to do anything at all um, while they were figuring out what was wrong with me and trying out a million medications and making me see a thousand doctors and it's been going on really for the past like seven years but it's been it it waxes and wanes and sometimes I'm better and sometimes I'm worse and I think the fact that my physical health in the past few months has been much much better also is another weight off my shoulders because that was something that was like so complicated of feeling like I was letting people down or that I was a burden or that I was not doing enough because I physically couldn't do anything at all. And when you can't do anything at all, you're not doing anything at all. So you literally feel like you're not doing anything at all. Yeah. You're literally not, <laughs> not doing, doing anything. anything. <laughs> so being like, oh my God, I haven't done anything at all. Um, and so I think transitioning out of that and feel and being able to start doing the things that I like to do and the things that matter to me, but also not feeling like I have to do all of them. I don't know. I feel like this these past few months have been a little bit more balanced in my life coming from like, you know, in balance, I would say. So, yeah, that feels fabulous. That's so great. All you need now is just a couple of rats. I know I really do. I love rats. I really want to get more pet rats. So probably not cats soon. then. Not no. it's hard to have both. Yeah. Although it's also but, hard. But there's still poop, right? There, there is. Although you can um, litter box train your rats so that they they sort of poop in Do like that. one part of their I mean, cage. As long as you're poo slave to somebody, you it keeps will you be grounded. poo slave. Yeah. It just you know, that's is, all it's that more. You know, it's just cleaning a cage instead of cleaning like a box. A box. It's not that different. Or like at sometimes all. you follow <laughs> them around because they're leaving a poop trail on the floor, yeah, and you gotta be like, "What are you doing?" They're like they're easy though. They're just little little nuggets, little raisins, little nuts. 
Um, one last question for you, Monique, yes. before we wrap this up. What is something, I don't know, what maybe advice you might give to uh, a listener who might be listening, who's having a hard time, who doesn't feel like they're fabulous, would like to feel fabulous, doesn't know where to start. Every, okay, just, let's just talk about the physical. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and people are like, well, I can't look like that because I'm not beautiful. Or I'm not this. I'm like, everybody has some good feature. Maybe it's your eyes. Maybe it's your hair. Maybe it's your lips. Maybe it's, you know, skin. Everybody has something that that is their best feature. Play up your best feature. Whatever your best feature is, embrace it. Run with it. Do everything you can with that one. And then go from there. And I think that same sort of thing could apply to everything about you. If, if you're good at something, do more of that. Help others. I mean, if, if you don't feel fabulous, maybe like do something and that's going to make you feel fabulous. Yeah. You know, um, you know, maybe you don't have whatever thing, but you can, you know, help somebody with theirs. That's going to give you more confidence. Yeah. And I think it also helps to take the, f- I think oftentimes when you're feeling wholly unfabulous, it's it's a very self-directed sort of feeling. So focused on the bad in yourself. Yeah, that focusing instead on something or someone something else good. at least gives your brain a break from yeah. that feeling. Yeah. You know, a look for... People always seem to want to look for the negative in so many things. Just look for the positive. I... When I was selling blenders, <laughs> I was in a really dark period of my life. I was really unhappy. I was drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. I was literally drinking myself to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. And my whole world was doom and gloom. And everything that I watched on TV was dark and depressing. I'm murder, evil, just like... And I... It's such a weird little thing. I, I reached a point where I went, you know what? I'm just going to watch comedies. All I'm going to watch is comedy. Not going to watch... I, I stopped watching all of the really wonderfully produced, and I enjoy them, these <laughs> dark shows, but I, I just started watching sitcoms, and that really helped change my brain. I really lightened up, so I, that is one piece of advice, and I know it's kind of weird and shallow and no no change what you're watching yeah Yeah. if you're if you're living in a dark place in your head and then you're watching a dark place maybe just watch something funny yeah Yeah. or what you're uh, who you're following on social media you know if you're following a bunch of accounts that make you feel bad about yourself yeah and remember everything on social media is fake 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 everybody shows the best thing right and again like we talked about faking it is fine and that's a normal thing but if if it makes you feel less than mm-hmm. stop yeah unfollow you are in full control yeah unfollow that account Do, like go find some po- there are plenty of positivity filled accounts and even ones like i am not i'm always a little bit like cringy about like those memes that are just like like yeah blessings oh the this is footsteps in the sand that is like everything is like i i that is hilarious to me um but there are there if you look for the accounts that really genuinely feel like they're coming from a a cool good place i always i mean i i we've been lucky enough to have some people on hags that are involved in the body acceptance positivity movement and some of that content is fucking awesome because the good the good parts of those content is about everybody being happy 
or not even being happy with your body. It, it's like it's it's acceptance that it's okay to feel shitty about your body, but that it has nothing to do with you as your self worth. Yeah, man. That like yeah. everybody is going to feel good and bad about the body that they're in, and it literally does not dictate your worth. So anyway, follow those accounts. Yes. Those are great. Yes. Yeah, follow Ags at Hags Podcast because I and Riley and I are bringing the fire. Yeah, we on there's our social some, media. There's okay? some good, good stuff on our accounts. <laughs> we definitely make sure to. Uh, I think add a variety of like uplifting shit and like ridiculous shit mm-hmm. and like infuriating shit mm-hmm. filled with rage about mm-hmm. politics because you have to. Yeah, um, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, if you need any of that, it's there for you. Yeah. Good. Monique, where can they view your videos? Uh, I've got videos on YouTube and uh, I can be found under Monique Parent One. I'm not sure why I had to have the one Girl, on it. Because you're number one. Because you're number one. For some reason, YouTube <laughs> said I had to have a one on it. I'm like, can't I just be Monique Parent? But I'm Monique Parent one. And then how about on, are you on Twitter and Instagram I as am well? Twitter and Instagram, and both of them, I am at Monique Parent. M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-P-A-R-E-N-T. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, for a fabulous thank you so much. This has been wonderful. It was We've so great. It's been fabulous. You. Yes, yeah. it has. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you, Alex Reeves and Point of Blue Studios for producing as always. Of course. Uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars, three sentences. Work in the phrase fabulous, bitches. Nice, nice, thank nice. Um, I'm Riley Rose Critchlow. I'm Nicole Weiland. I'm Alex Reeves. Goodbye. That was great. That was it. <laughs> <laughs>